All right, guys, good morning again. We are going to get rolling here. But it is, like many of us have already said, so great to be in the same room again. You guys doing all right this morning? Yeah, I could tell. You're more encouraged than when you walked in. You're experiencing God. I know you are. And so just so thankful you guys are here again. My name is Mitchell. If I haven't met you, would love to shake your hand and get to know your name in the Next Steps area right after service if I haven't got to meet you yet. Um, but I am pumped for uh, today's kind of message, I guess is what I'm going to call it. Uh, it'll be a little bit different uh, because I'm going to be pretty much just sharing some of our kind of main prayer focuses for 2023 that we are praying as a staff. We're going to invite a whole church to pray into, and um, I'm going to share some of those with you guys. And then after I share each one, we're literally going to pray together. We're going to turn to groups of two or three or four people that you're around, and we're going to practice praying. Now, let me give you a little disclaimer on that. If praying out loud uh, with somebody next to you is very intimidating to you, hey, th- you're going to be okay. Church is a great place to learn to pray, but also if you don't want to, you don't have to. Okay, you can just do the whole like close your hand, you know, like close your eyes, squeeze the hand, pass, <laughs> or just or just say Jesus, you know, just whatever. <laughs> I would encourage you to try. There's going to be some really clear prayer points on the screen. Literally, if you just want to read what it says in your group, Lord, I pray that that would happen. Amen. Then, then just trying to help you a little bit. Some of you, you love praying, um, but I know that it's new. When I first started praying, oh, my gosh, I was so nervous. The little high school Bible study leader asked me, hey, you want to close it out in prayer? And I was like, uh, yes, Lord. <laughs> I thank you for this time. Amen. I don't know, I don't know what I said. But I was nervous. Uh, but, you know, the Lord helps us talk to him. And, uh, and we're not talking to each other, trying to impress each other with our prayers. We're talking to God, and he's our father, and he loves us. So, But anyways, before I get into um, these five things, um, I just felt led to share just briefly, hopefully briefly, or my version of brief, <laughs> so about an hour. Um, I'm going to share just a little bit of my um, testimony, and just feel led to do that. I wouldn't plan on sharing this particularly my testimony as it relates to one of my first experiences at church. Well, first experiences at a church, the church that I got saved at. So bear with me as I take you into this little journey here, but I grew up going to church uh, almost every single Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know Jesus, <laughs> and I didn't understand the gospel, and God felt far away to me. So I was going through you know, rhythms and aware of th- some things related to God, but I had, I had definitely did not know him. And if I would have died, I would have gone to hell because my sin was on me and I did not put my faith and trust in the blood of Jesus to wash away my sin. And I would have had to, in a sense, pay for my own sin. So I was headed towards death, towards hell. I was living a life full of sin and brokenness and rebellion against God. Um, though I didn't know it, I thought I was a Christian. Uh, fast forward to 17 years old, I got invited um, to church by a girl, so I said yes. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't my now wife, but we, we talked about it. We're, we're good, we're good. Um, <laughs> and um, long story short, this is the main part I wanted to share with you guys. When I walked into this church, it was much different than the church I grew up in. church I grew up in, you know, most people were... Um, uh, not smiling, <laughs> uh, and a little stiff, um, and it was kind of like in, out, um, but th- I walk into this one, and I'm like, why do all of you look so happy, 
you're weird. <laughs> like, that was my thought. Why do you look so happy? And then I see people, like, actually talking to each other as if they're friends, like, having fun. And then worship starts, and, like, bodies are moving. And I'm like, what is happening? Where am I? And <laughs> in an appropriate way, I mean, just, like, people are raising their hands. People are jumping. People are moving around. I'm like, what? Where am I? This is so weird. And I uh, was very critical at first, but, you know, in reflection, what I realized was, like, I was judging it as totally fake because deep down I had this desire for something to be so real in my life that I would experience genuine joy, but I knew I didn't have it. And I was judging it, calling it all fake because I never, like, had real joy. I've never had real experience of life. And so I was like, surely they haven't either because everyone's like me. And, you know, they're all faking it. <clears throat> well, um, let me fast forward, I mean, to now. I'm the jumpy, happy guy at church, all right? And so something changed. Um, either I'm doing a great job faking it or something more significant happened. And it was actually that same Sunday, God is so merciful that in 75 minutes, he, he radically transformed my life. I went from super critical, you guys are all weird, to at the end of the message, the pastor clearly shared the gospel in a way that just made sense to me. Like, I finally understood, oh my goodness, not only I understood the fact that Jesus died on a cross and rose again, but I understood that I needed him to die for me because if I didn't have someone pay for my sin, I would be having to pay for it myself. And I didn't have enough money or good works or good deeds. And he just laid out a couple simple questions. Like if you, if you know you don't know Jesus or if you, if you were to die today and you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, if you need to give your life over to the Lord. It was just simple questions, and I knew all the answers to those questions was no. I don't really know God, and if I die today, I don't know where I'm going. I need Jesus. I need his blood to wash over me. I'd heard the story, but it never, like, hit me. Like, I need a Savior. And so, thankfully, uh, they just facilitated a good, a good job of if you want to give your life to the Lord, you know, raise your hand and just we prayed for you and stuff. And um, that day marked me forever. I was 17 years old. And gave my life to Jesus, and it was real. <laughs> I said, I want to follow you now. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, the Lord started transforming my life and changed me and taught me how to experience the love and the joy of the Lord that we're, in a sense, tasting this morning. And so just, just felt love to share that with you guys. And I also want to give an opportunity just to pray for any of you that you just know, as I'm sharing this journey, you needed to hear that today. Especially if you have been around church for years, months, whatever, and you, some of those questions I said, which is, do you, do you really have relationship with the Lord? Do you know him? Uh, when you died today, do you know confidently where you'd be going? Have you actually repented and turned from a life of sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus? And if you know any of the answers of those questions is no, then oh my goodness, like there's no shame, there's no condemnation. This is a joyous invitation. Give your life to him. <laughs> Give your life to Jesus. You will not regret it. He will wash it completely clean. You'll experience love like you never have before. Your life's not going to be easier. In fact, my life got tremendously harder after I followed Jesus, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, in heaven, I won't regret it when, I, when I'm experiencing the rewards of eternity with him. Uh, anyways, but if you, any of those things are um, uh, not true of you, then, man, this, there's no better way to start 2023 than give your life over to the Lord. And if any ounce of, of uncertainty, then today's the day. All right? So why don't we do this? Let's close your eyes. I don't want you to feel pressured of people, a bunch of people looking at you. So please, everybody, close your eyes. Even those that don't close their eyes, when I ask them to close their eyes, if you could also close your eyes... <laughs> 
That would be awesome. I see you. All right. Okay, if, if just take a second, honestly, before the Lord, if you are here today and you know you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you were to die today, you don't know where you're going, if you, you know you don't have a real relationship with him, then will you just, just boldly shoot up your hand this morning? Again, every eye closed, just boldly shoot it up. Just want to simply pray for the touch of God over your life today. Just boldly shoot it up. You don't need to hesitate. Just, just raise it right now before the Lord. Awesome. Hands down. Hands down. All right, let me pray. You guys agree with me. Lord, I just thank you for every person you've brought here. Thank you for every hand that went up. Spirit of God, I pray you would just fall afresh on these people this morning. All of us, God, remind us of the power and the beauty of the gospel. And Lord, would 2023 be a new year? We're following you, Jesus. We're giving our whole lives over to you. We trust you. You are the one that took away our sins. We cannot pay for it ourselves. Only you did, Jesus. And we put our faith and our trust in you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for going there with me. It's awesome. So if you did raise your hand, I want to encourage you. Just tell somebody that you came with um, or some stop by the Next Steps area. We'd love just to say, way to go. Thanks for being bold and give you a hug and tell you a little bit more about how do you, how do you actually follow Jesus. Because this is, this is step one. Uh, but there's a lot of steps after that of just, okay, how do I live a lifestyle following Jesus? All right. Okay, you guys good? You ready for these um, prayer focuses for 2023? All right. Um, we just got back. Um, we did a little staff retreat this past weekend and um, just had a great time listening to God, praying together, just sharing some thoughts about um, what we feel like God's saying, but also things we want to grow in. And it was just such a rich time. And this, these five things are kind of coming out of that time we had this weekend. And like I said, I'm going to share a topic, and then I'm going to read a couple scriptures, give you some prayer points, and then we'll pray for these things to be true. All right? So first one, we're going to start out real light here, okay? First thing we're praying over our church for 2023 is the fear of the Lord. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Here's a couple verses um, about the fear of the Lord. Psalm 111.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everybody say beginning. And all those who practice it have a good understanding. Proverbs 19.23 says the fear of the Lord leads to life and whoever has it rests satisfied he will not be visited by harm Psalm 25 14 the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant that's pretty cool Proverbs 16 6 by steadfast love and faithfulness iniquity is atoned for and by the fear of the Lord one turns away from evil so we are praying this year for the Lord to increase our understanding of the fear of the Lord. And I, this is first on purpose because of that very first verse I said, Psalm 111. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Again, one more time. Say beginning. It's first. It is foundational. If we want to build on anything, what we need to make sure we're building on is the starting point, the beginning, the fear of the Lord. Now, this fear of the Lord does not uh, mean that we don't love him, enjoy him, fellowship with him, because literally it says the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And there is a connection when we honor, revere, fear, like have respect for, have reverence for God. When we live that way, it actually ushers us in to want to know him more because we're approaching him rightly. And he is unlike your friend next to you. He is a holy, 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 holy friend. (laughs) 
Okay, we approach him differently than your other. It's not just, what's up, Jesus, you're my homeboy, let's go. You know, there used to be a shirt in high school for me that, yeah, is that right? Anyways, I'm 35, but just a shirt that had a picture of Jesus or a fake Jesus, and it said, Jesus is my homeboy. I'm like, that's cool, but now I realize that's not that cool. All right. <laughs> anyway, so this, this friendship is with God that we always long for. We talk about a lot as a church. Um, and as, as I go through some of these things, you're going to, if you're, especially if you're new, you're going to hear a lot of our values and the things we care about a lot here at church. But we're starting off with the fear of the Lord. So here's a couple prayer points. And again, here's going to be our first round of practicing. It's going to take two or three minutes on each of these points, but we're going to pray for the fear of the Lord over our church body. Okay, so here's a couple prayer points. We're going to pray that our church would have a healthy fear of the Lord and that we would humble ourselves before him. That uh, this fear of the Lord would lead us into friendship, closeness, and consistency in our times with the Lord. And that the fear of the Lord would turn us away from sin and evil, and we would live in true repentance. All right, which another way to say that is true freedom. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. So again, be bold. This is new for you. You're going to be okay, but let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Come on, let's do it. Stand on up. And I want you to find a group of just two or three other people. So groups of three or four would be great. Turn to them. If you don't know each other, please shake your hand real quick and say, hey, what's your name? Um, just introduce yourself real quick. And then what you can do is decide who's praying first. Decide who's praying first and then just go through some of these prayer points. Okay, whenever you're ready, go for it. We'll put some music on in the background. Go ahead, start praying. Whenever you're ready. Lord God, we just thank you uh, for who you are. Lord, I just ask that you would let our church be a church who fears you, Lord God, and that this would just, well, that we would just have a healthy fear of you, Lord, that we'll humble ourselves before you, Lord, that this would lead us to just closeness and friendship to you, Lord God, and that this would lead us to just true repentance and freedom um, to you, Lord, and that we would just turn from our sin and evil. Uh, ways. Lord, we just thank you and pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Give your little prayer partners a high five and go ahead and grab a seat again. Great job, guys. All right. Take a seat. Take a seat. You did great. Hey, round one. Not too bad, right? If you're feeling nervous. You got some of the nerves out. Way to go. Okay. Let me keep rolling here so um, we don't go too long, but so first one, fear of the Lord. Number two is unity. Everybody say unity. 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 So I mean relational unity. And let me give you a couple comments before I read this passage from Ephesians 4. But um, I don't think it's a surprise to any of us that in the last couple years it's just been made apparent, specifically in our nation, but all over the world really, is that there's a lot of disunity, a lot of division, a lot of hatred, a lot of anger, a lot of stuff coming to the surface. It's probably been down there deep for a while. Um, but man, you guys know that the church is supposed to look different than the world. We are supposed to be very different. In fact, the word church means called out ones. We're called out of the world. We look very different. And so if the world is in chaos and in disunity, hating one another, in war, um, can't, you know, honor somebody with their words, continue to just speak negatively and slander and all these things, let it not be so in the church. Let it not be so with the people of God. We want to be a unified people. Uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, kind of stick with me, it's a little bit of a long passage, but this speaks of unity within the church. It says this, I therefore 
a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, say humility, humility. and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high and led a host of captives, he, led, he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended in the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Woo! Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. There's a lot in there. The first couple verses give you some really, I guess, clear uh, descriptors of how personally we are to walk. If we want to embrace a lifestyle of unity, there's things like, uh, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, um, eager to maintain or just willing to work through things with people. You know, there's a real, I've heard it phrased this way, Francis Chan spoke at our conference called World Mandate back in October, and he said there's just been this, what he phrased as a spirit of divorce that's kind of been unleashed on this generation, and what, we meet, what he meant by that was just how easy it has become to just cut off relationship with people that you disagree with or that do something to hurt you. And man, that is not God's heart. Now, I'm not speaking, I'm not going to give a teaching on any of you that have walked through a divorce. I know there's a lot of complexity and a lot of compassion and grace if your parents have or you personally have. And so the Lord wants to minister to that, but that's not what I'm referencing. I'm referencing this this tendency to just, if someone, if I don't like something that somebody does, I'm just going to cut off relationship with them. Or, or, you know, place itself out in the church is, you know, I like this church, it's so great, until somebody says something I don't like, and boom, I'm going next door, I'm going down the street. You know, like, man, it's not supposed to be that easy for us to break relationship with one another. And uh, we want to see the Lord unify our hearts. And then the second half of this passage, um, pretty much verse 11 through 16, it talks about how, <laughs> like, almost a... Outer working of this unity is, is a healthy body, a, a high-functioning body where each part, I don't know if you guys saw that, but each part is doing its share, where we're all contributing, okay? So we talk about this a lot. You'll, if you're brand new here, you know, there's so much grace in what I'm about to say, but if you stick around long enough here at Antioch, we're going to ask you gracefully, like, serve, be a part, contribute, because it's so easy just to sit in nice, comfortable chairs and consume, but we all want to be contributors, not just consumers. So we want to serve in this body because we're trying to have a unified, healthy uh, family. So anyways, those are a couple things that I see from this passage. So here's a couple prayer points, and we're going to pray for unity, all right? So number one, we're going to pray that our love for each other would be genuine and deep. We pray that we would not avoid conflict, even if you test a nine on the Enneagram. Uh, <laughs> I know somebody that tests that. Anyways, um, 
you would not avoid conflict, but you would resolve it quickly with grace and with humility, if you're an eight. <laughs> pray, that, pray that our church and the churches of Northwest Arkansas would be a beacon of hope in the midst of a disunified and divided culture. All right, tracking? For this round, why don't you stay in your seat, but just kind of turn a little bit to somebody next to you, just one or two people next to you, stay in your seat, and go ahead and just take one or two minutes and take turns praying for these things, praying for unity within our church. All right, ready, go. You got it. So you can stay seated for this one. Father God, I just pray that we would be willing to be countercultural and we'd be willing to press in for unity in our body, that we would um, just love each other genuinely, deeply, not avoid conflict, but resolve quickly and press in to deepen our relationships with one another, that we would be for each other and that we would just live in a, a special grace of unity in Jesus name. Amen. 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 This is good. Great stuff, guys. Thank you all for praying and agreeing with these things. Okay, number three. You guys good? You okay? All right. Um, number three, this year we're going to be praying, just kind of pinpointing it a little bit more, but we're going to be praying for sexual purity. <laughs> sexual purity. <laughs> Got a couple whoops to that. All right. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> that's just not what I expected to hear when I said that phrase. Um, Okay, so I think, you know, there's so much to say on this, and there's so many different messages we can give on healthy sexuality, and it's a hot topic these days. But let me just say this. Um, obviously, sexual impurity is just a, there's an onslaught of it, and there's so much temptation in our generation and our culture. But again, similar to what I said about unity, man, it, I think it should feel and be very different um, in the church within believers than it is out in the world and not just I believe that as my Mitchell's personal opinion The Lord is very clear in scripture that there is grace mercy forgiveness for anybody struggling with any form of sexual sin or sexual brokenness So please hear me say that but he is clear with where are we going? We're not staying in our sin we are moving forward <laughs> by the grace of God, and we're, he leads us into freedom. He leads us into breakthrough. He leads us into deliverance, and there is hope for anyone that is struggling. Uh, here's And not only that, it's connected to the fear of the Lord. There, there are very clear scriptures that if we ignore this area in our life, then um, uh, how do I say it? Mm, we should be warned. So here's a couple. First Thessalonians 4 says, Finally then, so 4, verse 1 through 8. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. Everybody say more and more. I love that intro statement here. <laughs> Paul's like, hey, you guys are doing great. Like, you're loving God. You're, you're growing. But hey, keep going. Keep moving forward. And then he, he begins to spe uh, specify a couple things. It says, if you know what instructions we gave you to the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, which is a big word for just being made more and more holy and getting more and more set free from the entanglement of sin. And then he says one specific thing about the general sanctification and holiness process. He says that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, 
that no one transgress or and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Woo! Pretty intense passage there, yeah? But I love that it's very clear. And there's several phrases on there that, you know, maybe you wish I wouldn't have said, but <laughs> Jesus said this thing about not being ashamed of his word. It's like, no, we want the full counsel of his word. There's things on here about the Lord being an avenger and that he's warning us and that if we disregard this, we're disregarding the God. And so I just, yeah, what I'm going to be uh, committing to as a pastor and leader, and this, you know, I'm, I'm going to hopefully speak always with the truth in love and grace and tenderness, but I'm not going to avoid hard scriptures. We need it all. We need the full counsel of the word of God. Amen. And then one more verse here. This is a phrasing that I've been using over um, the years, Ephesians 5, 3. It says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper, or some translations say, as is fitting for the saints. So that's a little phrase I've been praying, Lord, let sexual morality not even be named among us. Um, again, if you're struggling, and I've shared publicly multiple times my journey of um, getting out of bondage to sexual sin. And so if you, wherever you're at today, there is so much grace and mercy and compassion from God, but we want him to lead us out and that we are continuing to be made more and more whole uh, and pure before him. All right? And you want it. Every one of you want it. I know you do. <laughs> Every one of us wants it. And you want it for your friends. You want it for your family. Okay, here's a couple prayer points. Um, we're going to pray for, one, courage to confess sin and bring it to the light instead of hiding it. We pray that we'd be willing to walk courageously with one another in our path to freedom. And we're going to pray that little phrase, that sexual immorality would not be named among us. All right? So leave that up there, and then go to the same thing we did before, to and turn to a few people right next to you, or turn to the person you came with, and just take a few minutes here and just pray these things over our church body. All right? Ready, set, go. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your heart, for us to be whole and healthy and pure before you. And Lord, I just ask that this year there would be just major breakthrough. Lord, any of us in this room that just need help and need deliverance and need breakthrough, God, would you come and have your way in our lives, transform us, renew our minds, change our hearts, change our desires, and Lord, set us apart as a pure and holy people before you, Lord. I pray that sexual immorality would not be named among us. God, you would lead us in by your grace, by your love, by your kindness, lead us in to this place of freedom that you have for us. And if any of us in this room or any of our friends and family don't believe it's possible to live free, Lord, would you change that narrative and would you remove those lies? And we believe that when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And that, Lord, we can experience life and freedom from bondage in our lives. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anybody thankful for the Lord's freedom? Me too. All right, two more, guys. We're almost there. Let's go. Um, so next one here, and, and hey, I know this is a lie, and there's just so much, I guess, uh, depth to each of these categories. You don't need to memorize these, uh, but it's just things that we want to invite you in to pray for as we're starting this year off. And there's going to be ways that we will um, continue to communicate some of these prayer points. We'll put it up in our prayer room, uh, email some of these things out, and every once in a while, every once a month or so, we'll pray over these things in life group. But here's a go. Um, 
Next one is disciple-making. Disciple-making. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is a familiar verse around here if you've been around Antioch long enough. Uh, but it is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. And here's what it says. It says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus communicated that as one of his last kind of exhortations and charges to his disciples. And get this, because his disciples obeyed what he said, we are here today. Okay, 2,000 years later. Please don't miss that. This is a reality. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus said this to real like, guys. They took him seriously. They started spreading the gospel and making disciples. And here we are, a couple thousand years later. We have an opportunity to know Jesus and love him and understand the gospel. Isn't that cool? And so we, still today, want to take this seriously and continue because the mission's not done. It has not yet been fulfilled. There are still nations and people around the world who have yet to hear the gospel, and there are plenty of disciples to be made. Do any of you have anybody in your workplace that um, does not follow Jesus? Yep. All right. Five of you. Cool. Are you all work at churches? What do you do? <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I didn't raise my hand in that. I, I work with a couple Christians. Uh, but anyways, um, great. You know, we got people that don't know Jesus, don't understand him, aren't following him, okay? And they might be aware of it, but we want to be intentional to, this year to empower every one of us, to activate every one of us in this church to somehow, some way engage in disciple making. It doesn't have to look like, you know, it does actually... Almost rarely does it look like talking on a microphone in front of 150 people. It is one-on-one, one-on-two conversations with people that you know in your quote-unquote sphere of influence or wherever you have relationship and just inviting people to follow Jesus with you. And so we want to pray for uh, disciple-making to happen. Okay, so here's the three prayer points. We're going to pray that we as a church would prioritize discipleship and we would see the importance of it. We're going to pray that disciples would be made here locally in our workplaces, on college campuses, uh, in our neighborhoods, and then we're going to pray that we would engage, uh, not just locally, but making disciples in other nations, specifically in the unreached uh, nations around the world, all right? For this one, just to change it up a little bit, go ahead and stand to your feet on this one, all right? And again, take another two minutes, and once you find a new person or partner or new group, okay? So shake it up a little bit, move around, spread your legs out, there we go. <clears throat> and once you guys find a new group, of course, introduce yourself if you don't know each other. Yes, God, I thank you uh, for the Great Commission, and I pray that it would grip the hearts of us in this room and our church, that we would learn to obey your commands, and that we would teach other people, not just people that come on a Sunday, but people in our neighborhoods, people in our families, people in our workplaces. Lord, would you move through us and see disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Lord, we ask for that this year in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Give your prayer partner a little high five. All right. And go back to your seat. We got one more and then we will be done. One more. Way to go, guys. Y'all are doing great. This is awesome. Hey, you know, again, just... As we're praying, this is new for you, I'm so glad we get to work those muscles out and get to learn how to pray together. So good. And <laughs> that's right. And, uh, you know, it says that the early disciples in Acts 2, we read it every week in, disop- in uh, life groups as they were devoted, the, they devoted themselves to prayer. You know, so getting to do this together just for a few minutes and is just so biblical and right and good for us. 
Okay, last but not least, here's something we are praying for, and we are asking God for leaders. Everybody say leaders. Leaders. And I do mean leaders by title, but I mean more than that. Um, leaders that are willing to serve. Uh, leaders are those that are willing to go first, those that are willing to step up and fill needs. You know, Maggie mentioned it a little bit, but we continue to need leaders um, in our worship team or on Sundays or in our kids' ministry. I mean, there are people that have been there the last hour and a half serving the children in our church. It's just such that those are leaders there. We need people to step up to lead life group, but, but we want the leaders um, that God um, has for us, and we want them of all ages and every generation. But here's a couple um, verses. Actually, let me just do Romans 12, uh, verse 6 through 8. It says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, uh, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so that's an awesome passage about different gifts and strengths within the body of Christ. The exhortation is use them. But one of those things it says there is the one who leads to do so with zeal, with passion, with diligence, with focus, um, and with a heart that's so willing. And we're just asking the Lord for, um, for new leaders uh, within our church, the Lord to highlight those. I mean, literally, I'm talking to probably some of you in the future. You'll be leading different things. Uh, but we want the Lord to just to highlight those people. And uh, here's a couple specifics that we're going to be asking God for this morning. So number one. I'm going to pray for our current leaders to experience a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit and to receive the grace to lead well. Please include me in there. All right. Number two, pray for God to give us new leaders of all ages that are healthy, strong, and humble. And then pray specifically for men to rise up to the call of leadership uh, within this church. But let's expand that. Uh, to here locally in Northwest Arkansas. Of course, we love empowering women as well. We have a lot of amazing women leaders here at our church, but I, we specifically are seeing the need of, hey, we want guys to rise up to that calling of leadership uh, in this church. All right, so uh, go ahead and turn to a few people next to you and pray these three things just for a couple minutes, and then we will wrap it up. Ready, set, go for it. Just the person right next to you. Go ahead. Just pray for the Lord to highlight leaders. Lord, we just bring this topic before you this morning. We thank you that this year, God, you're going to give us grace to uh, lead well. I pray that you would highlight and give us new leaders of all ages. Anyone that's currently serving or leading in our church, would you just fill them afresh with the Holy Spirit? Would you give grace and strength and energy and wisdom and joy in the different areas that they lead and that they serve? And Lord, I pray that you would um, mark us with a humble heart and the culture of leadership at this church is one of humility and brokenness and not leading out of our own abilities not in it for ourselves, but leading from a place of brokenness leading from a place of weakness and vulnerability and our need for you and god i pray over the men of our church every man man in this room and just pray the spirit of god the power of the holy spirit would just rest on us afresh this year in jesus name you would do a work in us you would release that willingness in us to continue to serve in the different capacities and lead in different capacities that we're currently doing but lord i pray you would Stretch us and grow us in new ways. So thank you for what you're going to do in this area this year. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Woo, that was a lot, huh? But those are good. Yeah, those are good topics. So we've got, um, we're praying for the fear of the Lord this year, praying for unity, praying for sexual purity, 
disciple making and asking God for leaders in our church. So hopefully that's helpful, clear. Again, it's not things you need to memorize. We'll communicate some of these things. It's not the only thing we're going to be talking about. But just as we started the year, first Sunday service, we want to invite our whole church into praying these things with us as we're doing it a lot as a staff. Um, but we are um, officially done. Look at that, right at 1130, which is when we try to end services. <laughs> try. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's just so glad to be back with you guys. Again, a couple reminders. If you are new or newer here and have not been to Next Steps right over there, please stop by. Again, just a simple little five minute or less. Just shake your hand, let you know a little bit about how you can get involved here at Antioch. Uh, and then secondly, I know uh, JBU starts tomorrow, right? Where are the JBU students at? Got a few of them here. If you go to JBU, we're going to have a quick little meeting right up in the prayer room. You go out there, kind of in the kids' area, go up the stairs in the prayer room. We're going to have a quick little meeting there. So I want to touch base on a couple things with our JBU life group. So head right up there. Anna will be there. She's one of the leaders. She'll be up there to direct uh, way. So if you go to JBU, go to the um, prayer room just for a few minutes right after we're done. All right, Maggie, Larry, anything you want to add? You got a baby in your hands. That's great. Okay. Have a great Sunday. Welcome back. See you at Life Group. We love you guys. Great job praying today. We are officially done. See you.